Welcome to Friday on the Couchside Judges, everybody. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can find me at Dan Urban MMA. You can also follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. And you can subscribe to the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And if you're enjoying what you hear, please give us a five-star review. And we're going to talk about judging, as always. So do yourself a favor. Head over to abcboxing.com and read the criteria. Dan, we've we've reached the final pay-per-view of 2020. This is the last time that UFC is going to ask you for money to watch their fights. How do you feel? I'm going to pay them. Yeah, but but I'm you must feel say... good that at least we've gotten to the point where the rest of the year, they're no longer going to bilk $65 from you. Yeah, but but between now and the next pay-per-view, it's probably about the same distance. So I yeah, I don't know if I really we're getting that big of a break. I think the biggest break is just not having an event uh, after next week's. For a you know, bit. I'm just trying. I'm trying to be, you know, <laughs> sunny side up here, and all you're doing is tossing reality onto my my hopefulness. Well, I like my eggs over easy. I don't like, I like them scrambled. sunny side up. Scrambled. It's the only way to eat them. Well, that is wrong. That's, no. wi- that's wildly wrong. Oh, it's very <laughs> it's very right for me, sir. <laughs> Dan, enough eggs talk. I, I we've got to talk about something else. We've got to talk about the fights that we're talking about for Saturday, right? Yeah, let's get into it. Before we do. Before we talk about UFC 256, which is, of course, headlined by Davis and Figueredo defending his flyweight belt on, what, 21 days since the last time he did? Very That's, quick turnaround. I believe this is shattering the record for title defenses. Yeah, very, very quick. Amazing against Brandon Moreno. And, of course, we're going to talk about that fight. It's, you know, it's the big fight of the weekend as far as title implications and, and you know, divisional dominance and, and, and that kind of thing. Uh, but I want to talk about today... As you know, of course, because you play on the show with me, Ronaldo Jacare Souza. One of my favorite fighters is back in action on Saturday, and I'm very excited to see him against Kevin Holland. Big test, I think, for both guys. It is, it is. And we'll talk about that fight in particular later when we break down, you know, the weekend and what we think of it and everything. But Jacare in particular, he's our man for this show. Because I've been a big fan of him going all the way back to when he when I first saw him debut in Strike Force. Yeah, I mean, we can call this show CSJ75 Jacare. I like it. I like that. Oh, man. I never thought about the fact that CSJ and then the number of episode kind of makes it sound like a UFC. Yeah. Right? Yep. <laughs> or like a Bellator or LFA or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It didn't occur to me that we've done our uh, our numbering sequence in such a way and the way we presented that it actually sounds like Fight Card. Wow. This is hitting me uh, in, in, uh, in live conversation. <laughs> None of you care about this as much as I do, though. <laughs> but, you know, Jacare, though, I mean, again, he's one of my favorites. He just he comes to bring it every single time. That's what I like about him. He's a fighter's fighter. He obviously is an amazing jujitsu practitioner uh, on the world stage back before he was really competing in MMA, or at least devoted it full time. But even when he came over, I mean, it's not that he's a great striker, but he's a pretty good striker for a world-class jiu-jitsu player right yeah and he has a lot of power so much power and he he just walks into people sometimes he's got like almost no defense and when you got that plus power and you're an mma but you also can grapple i mean it's hard to have a bad fight yeah and when you say he can grapple as you mentioned he's a world champ yeah when i say can grapple this is i mean i already sold him as a world-class guy but i'm I'm very much underselling in the term can grapple (laughs) Yeah, he's total total package, really. Oh yeah, I mean the only thing that he really never 
developed was an absolute like dominant takedown game. But even at that, his takedowns are much better than I think your typical jujitsu to MMA crossover dealing with wrestlers and things like that. Well, yeah, I'm sure he's got a, some judo training under. His he does belt. absolutely he does. Yeah, and yeah, he's got the judo background. And his jujitsu background makes him, you know, who cares if if you got to pull guard, pull guard. Absolutely, and I just every every time I watch him fight, every time he's on, every time he's scheduled, I get very excited to watch him fight. It's just we're not going to see too much more of him. I don't think he's forty one now. I actually just turned forty one on Monday. Happy belated birthday, Jacare! Happy birthday to Jacare! Mm hmm. So you know, I think we got to appreciate the the remaining fights we have, and he's still fighting at you know. Probably not a championship level, but he's just under that. Someone who's very much a respected guy in the middleweight division still. I, I was shocked because the other day I was doing some research on him. I was shocked to see he's not ranked. Oh, he's not? He's not ranked. He might UFC. be coming down from light heavyweight. Okay. That could be why. Because I know he was fighting some of the light heavyweight. I didn't actually notice where he was ranked because I don't really care what the UFC rankings say because they're stupid. Their panel is stupid. I used to be on the panel. And I can tell you it was stupid then, and it's even stupider now that I left. <laughs> All right. <laughs> not because stupid. I left, but everyone, not, not, didn't help that I left. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just, that panel is a joke. <laughs> it just is. And they don't even abide by it. I mean, they don't care who's right. Oh, it's so. such a stupid thing. I, you know why? I, quick aside the reason I joined the panel to begin with was because I thought it was going to be at least a useful tool. To let people in the world, you know, casual fans who are returning on MMA, let them kind of know roughly who, not who the top contenders are, because we kind of, you know, you can figure that out pretty easily. But, you know, some of the, the guys on the fringe, I don't like that they do 15 contenders. I think 10 is how they should do it. But 15, like, okay, you know, doesn't need to be done, especially when you've got divisions that don't have 15 people. Yeah, that's true. Featherweight women. Sometimes that has that. I mean, even the men's flyweight division got that low at some point. It's just so <laughs> stupid that they had this. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I signed up. I I wanted to be a part of helping people who are coming into the sport really understand where these fighters are at. But there were too many voices in there that they couldn't watch the sport enough to give a good enough assessment of where these guys are supposed to be ranked. Like, it's almost like they just base it on hype. It would be good if the AP did something, some independent uh I don't entity. think AP cares much about UFC. But I know, but that's yeah, what I'm I mean, saying. Some, I mean, the Mixed Martial Arts Journalist Association, which I'm a member of, it would be nice if they would do more. Um, You know, I don't, I don't think I need to turn this into a critique on the MMAJA, but I would like to see us do something like that too, you know? And it doesn't have to be UFC only. It shouldn't be UFC only. It should be across no, you can, MMA. You can bring them all in there. Yeah, it should be. I mean, we don't just cover, we cover this whole sport, you know? I think that would be interesting. I don't know that the UFC would promote our rankings in any way at all, but, Unlikely. you know, I, I think that would be something that would be useful for people. Yeah, definitely. And I think it'd be more credible, so. Um, it has to be, but, you know, credibility isn't necessarily, and we've probably gone on too long about this, but but to wrap it up real quick, credibility it, you know, doesn't really matter to a lot of people, unfortunately. They decide mm. what's credible or not, whether it is or not. Yeah. All right. So back to Jacare. Back to Jacare. And and honestly, why don't we just dive into these past judgment? Because we're not doing just one Jacare fight. We're doing two Jacare fights. Two Jacare fights. Two for the price of one, which is always free. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we've got two split decisions. Very... I don't want to say controversial, but they were very close split decisions at the time. Both losses for Jacare. And I think you and I need to start figuring out, hey, was Jacare not robbed? 
but does he have a very good case to say, hey, I won this. I deserved better booking and better treatment after these fights. Uh, we can totally decide that in a couple minutes. I think so. And before we do, though, as we always do, please do the rundown of how our CSJ criteria works. Absolutely. We use the CSJ criteria, which is basically the same as the ABC criteria, which I said earlier. You can find it at abcboxing.com. And like certified judges, we score rounds based on the three Ds, damage, dominance, and duration. But we just made a few key changes. A 10-9 round is a competitive round in which neither fighter checks one of the three Ds by a large margin. A 10-8 can be considered for just one D, but should definitely be given when two Ds are achieved. A 10-7 is available for checking off two Ds, but must be given for all three. We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control, as these are rarely used by judges anyway, so the rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All this helps provide more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. All right, Scott, let's start with setting up Jacare Romero. Yoel Romero. Remember this fight from five years ago, my man? Uh, I do now because I just watched it. Well, yeah. But <laughs> you don't remember <laughs> watching this one live? This was a big one for me because obviously it was on. This was on the UFC 194 main card. Yeah. Which was a big, I mean, big event. If you don't remember the number. And if that doesn't jog your memory, this was the one headlined by Jose Aldo and Conor McGregor. Yeah, I, I do. I know where I was when I watched this. I was at, at some bar outside, not drinking. Just using... I remember where I was. I was at some bar. Some Well, the bar doesn't exist anymore, <laughs> but they had outside seating at the time. And I, w- I wasn't drinking. I was okay. just utilizing their place to watch a free fight. Well, that's what I so, do. So, I don't drink. And, I didn't eat. I, I didn't drink. I, go to bars I, just... every, I used to go to bars every Saturday night before COVID. And then, well, not every Saturday night, mm-hmm. but every Saturday night for pay-per-view. And I'd save 65 bucks. Yeah, they they had a, a TV on the patio. And I just sat outside watching. No one came by. No one bothered me. There was a bunch of people there because Connor was fighting, uh, obviously. Right, right. It was a good Yeah, time. this one. This, actually, this was in Vegas at the MGM Grand. Almost exactly five years to the day that will be watching fights on this saturday december 12 2015 really yeah almost a five-year oh. anniversary what'd you get uh what'd you get connor for, for his anniversary gift i got connor um i don't know what i got him get a jail free card <laughs> he may need a couple of them <laughs> <laughs> he always could uh but of course as we know connor won this fight in 13 seconds but back to jacare he had just turned 36 as we said it was just his birthday the other day uh 22 and 3 at this point one of the like one of the real top middleweight fighters to have never won a UFC championship. I mean, even at this point, he was already kind of in that conversation, I think. Uh, riding an eight-fight win streak, coming into this one, dating back to his strike force days, where, of course, he had been the middleweight champ. Uh, and one of his most recent wins, actually, was a guillotine tap-out of Gegard Mousasi. That was a big win. Yeah, at the time, that that sounds like it was probably huge. Because Gegard, too, I, I would say. Mm-hmm. Him and him and Jacare, and then you could throw probably Romero in, too. Those are kind of the three middleweights that come to mind as far as guys in the UFC who never won. I think they'd probably be the top three. Jacare still hasn't even fought for the title in the UFC, right? No, he didn't. And that's stupid. Yeah. Well, Musasi didn't either, but obviously he left. But yeah, Jacare, that's another conversation. We'll talk about that later, <laughs> actually. Uh, <laughs> but Romero came into this one, also a former strike force guy, but he had only had one fight in strike force. It was a 205 pound bout that he lost to. Rafael Cavalcanch, Rafael Fajal, actually, uh, as he was more better known. I don't know if you remember this fight. I actually watched this fight when it happened, and Romero did the same thing he does every fight now, where he did nothing in the first round, and then he just got knocked out in the second round. Actually, that was that was that was a weird fight because he just got te- got straight up KO'd. Doesn't 
Rom- Romero remind you of the kid, like, in your class, and you're like, oh, yeah, we got signed a 20-page paper due in three weeks, and, like, every week goes by, and he's like, yeah, I'll get to it. Yeah, I'm going to get mm-hmm. to it. And then the night before, he bangs out all 20 pages at a clip, ends up getting an A. He's very much that guy, except slightly more jacked. Yeah, like... Just a little bit more. Just put off doing it until you have to do it. That's basically how he fights. No, for sure. I mean, that was me. <laughs> I did that. I, I'm just as jacked as as um, you totally Yuel are. Is too. Yeah. You see me in person. No one else. No one else knows what my body type looks like. Trust me. <laughs> it, I look exactly like Yoel Romero with the muscles and everything. <laughs> but anyway, his last one. <laughs> total lie. Uh, his last win coming into this was uh, a third round KO. Of course, his signature round and finish type over Leota Machida six months before this fight. So that's the setup. Taking a while to get here, of course. We're having fun. Uh, judges for this one, Lester Griffin, Glenn Trowbridge, and Tony Weeks with the referee, Mark Goddard, who had actually a pretty eventful fight. Yeah, Goddard was... I, mean, yo, we, I think we got to touch upon when he gets there, yeah, right? Yeah, I think all Romero fights, the refs are on their toes a bit extra. They absolutely have to be. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll have some, some words, uh, I think some good words in his favor probably later. Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. So round one though, let's, let's talk about what happened here. I mean, what do you see? Uh, early kind of a slow back and forth, uh, very slow, very yeah. typical Romero. Yeah. A bit of a feeling out for about three minutes or so mm-hmm. until, uh, Romero lands that big spinning back fist and puts Jacare down. Yeah. And you know, I mean, Jacare, he, he not Jacare down and Jacare hard, but like Jacare wasn't just, you know on weird street or anything like that. He was definitely, he was with waiting it. to kind of like get, he went right into jujitsu mode. You yeah. Know? He, he said, come on, let's go get my guard. Yeah, he did. And then obviously he well not, did. Oh, okay. I'm allowed down here. I sure. can do that. <laughs> Which and, is crazy, but like it actually turned out in his favor. It, it he ended up out. having a really good round. Uh, even well, you know, we saw Jacare, of course he's throwing up kind of arm bars and things like that. And nothing really got very close at all. No, nah, I mean, he, I think he, once I think you're probably only gonna get credit with one sub attempt because he he grabbed the arm briefly from UFC stats. Yeah, I think probably yeah, that's all I, that's gonna get and counted. Honestly, that, and it wasn't even close. No, I I don't I think that's very generous. I don't know what the what their standard is for scoring a, a submission attempt or not. That that's that one's always weird for me. I never really know what to take away when they say a sub attempt mm-hmm. or a not sub attempt uh, from UFC stats. Like I we watch the sport, we can figure it out. Yeah. But yeah, I I didn't think uh, Jacare was able to do a whole lot more other than like keep him off his toes with some of that stuff. It was just almost the equating to throwing out a, you know, a spinning wheel kick or something like that from a distance to say, like, don't rush in right now. (laughs) Yeah, I think he, yeah, it was just good offense. He's probably just throwing a bunch of stuff together, hopefully confuse Romero, maybe get back to the feet or or get a sweep or something. But Romero actually in the last, I think it was in the last minute or so, right? He's landing some really big strikes, especially elbows. He was landing some good strikes. I thought I, I I did see some bombs. I I don't even have a better word for it, but bombs. uh, (laughs) He was not on an airplane. You can say, yeah, he was slamming. He was slamming his head. Uh, just didn't think he was slamming it to the degree he could have. Really? I think he, if he, controlled himself a bit more i think he could have finished it he was very wild i thought with i mean his i would say yeah he was a little wild but he was also landing right yeah, very yeah. he well. was definitely landing i'm i mean i'm seeing diminishing blows here uh well yeah i mean jacare gets up and he, he's wobbled uh yeah but but even before you could tell he was wobbled because judges of course a good judge they cut off their grading right when the round ends it's you know it's not five minutes and six seconds as as a judge i know uh had relayed to me it's 
five minutes because then it becomes yeah. a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. But, but you could tell, I mean, just, just the way that Romero's landing them. I thought there were some it, really good diminishing blows in there, it, uh, some really good damage. I thought the, the best ones came after that armbar attempt that we just briefly touched on. And the it, sword of armbar. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, and Jacques Ray has armbar, to eat yeah. turtles. Right. And gets, and then I thought those were the best shots. Yeah. I, I thought, I thought Romero actually did some really good damage here to the point where in our system, I gave Romero a 10, seven. Okay. I didn't, I didn't go that far. I totally fine that you did. I think, think it's very justified. This is one of the rare scores where I would say I would score a 10, eight in our system. And I would score a 10, eight in ABC scoring. I see. Because we do have different discretion than it, it's not one-to-one. So I would, yeah, I think he for I think he did plenty for a ten eight in ABC. I think he needed just a tad bit more to go ten seven for us. Yeah, I I think you can check two Ds here. I think you can check damage yeah. and duration. Yep, I'm with you. And when you check two Ds in our system, that's either ten eight or ten seven, just like you're saying. So I understand why you went the other way, uh, and it's nice to hear that validating my score that ten mm-hmm. seven is totally fine. I yeah, like that. I, I like it. I like it, to feel like I know something. <laughs> Uh, but the judges actually on this on this particular night, they gave Griffin. Or it was it was uh, judges Griffin and Weeks gave Romero a ten nine only. They didn't go all the way to the ten eight. Whereas Glenn Trowbridge actually did go ten eight here for Romero. Okay. Now, mind you, this is this is a little less than a year before the criteria was clarified. So you know there to, was you know to more clarify the way 10-8s could be scored and things like that. So again, I I always I, I'm gonna ask one of these days I'm gonna ask a judge who was working at that point like well, what what were they saying like what did they tell you you could do for a 10-8 well, like, what, what actually made it work? I'm thinking I mean at this point since it's getting so close how we're gonna be rewording it. I'm sure there's been a lot. I'm sure there was a lot of conversation of the direction they were heading amongst. Yeah, that, that oh group. I would so, I would think so too. So I w- I would think that it, at this point you probably started to see just slightly bit more of them. Potential. Or at least they were more focused in terms yeah. of how they would give them out. Right. You know? Yeah. I don't know if there was ever, a, there was never, no, there really was never a mandate to give out more 10 eights. The mandate was right. to know when they really could and should. Yeah. So, or not even a mandate. The, the you know, whatever the, what have you, the, the word that you would go for that. But anyway, um, it was, it was nice to see though, the fact that there was actually a judge who went 10 eight here because they, it felt like they were very rare, even when mm-hmm. Joe Rogan you know, even said it at the end of the fight. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Joe Rogan. Anyway, what about uh, round two though? This was not even close to the same type of round. Not at all. It seemed like Romero decided, ah, I'm not gonna fight this round. I'm just gonna hang out and just stand up a bit, throw a few punches. Maybe I'll land one. I don't know. You know what? Actually, before we even get into the meat and potatoes, I did want to say that hilariously, Romero's corner. Obviously, infamous for pouring too much water on and, yeah. and you know, slowing down between rounds. I mean, the, they did it again here, which only helped Jacare. <laughs> you know, it didn't come close to the same. You know, the very infamous Tim Kennedy fight oh, where geez, he looked like he was in a lot of trouble at the end of round two. They do the same water deal thing. Was it you know was it something they were really trying to do or was it something they're just very sloppy? This does seem to lend credence to that they're just very sloppy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that it happened here, but obviously, as we know, Tim Kennedy. Uh, lost in third round by stoppage as again, that's Romero's specialty. So, but in any case, you know, it did give Jacare a bit more time to recover. So it couldn't have been strategic. It was just self-defeating. Right. Yep. But yeah, so back to, back to this, like you're saying, Romero, he's not really doing much. He's kind of doing that whole 
you know, I'm taking a round. He's taking a round off or what? I don't know. Yeah, he's he's exhausted. It wasn't even like, hey, I'm going to try a little hard. I mean, he didn't. He was just there. He took the round off. I, I don't know any other way to put it. Dan, and, when you have as much muscle as, as Romero and I have, it's <laughs> it's hard to get oxygen to it. You know, sometimes you just got to break. Yeah, but Jacare didn't do much either. He kind of just No, he didn't do too. a ton. It was a very, very – actually, if you go by UFC stats here, total strikes – Jacare won the edge seven to six total strikes. Not not significant. I mean, they're okay. all technically significant. Not that it means anything, but yeah, we're not talking about high output. Yeah, and, and then as we alluded to earlier, we had that weird situation where Jacare had a clinch against the cage, trying to take down Romero, and Romero yes. blatantly grabbing the fence. You just, like, oh, it was terrible. Wasn't it was even so, trying to hide like, it. Obvious. Didn't even try to hide it, and. It ends up getting top position because of it, and that's where Mark Goddard steps in, stands up, and says, "Hey, you got top position because of that, and I'm taking it away. Next time it'll be a point." I think that was a. Fair I want to give credit to Goddard here too. I really liked that. Yeah, he, he knew that he didn't have to take a point, but he could just reset them, and then I think that's very good. That said, and and this isn't necessarily a criticism of Mark Goddard because no one does this, but I it's just a way for me to kind of vent my frustrations with the fact that they give out too many warnings in MMA for fouls. Just just take the point. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, but I mean, I think he did punish him. I, I agree. I, I do appreciate the punishment there. This is not me saying, you know, Mark Rotter messed up. I actually yeah. like that he did this. Yeah. But again, go farther. Go crazy, man. <laughs> Just take points left and right. He looks at you wrong. Take a point. Don't do that. <laughs> so, yeah, while neither guy really did much, and I thought Jacare was winning the striking battle, I didn't know it was that close. Romero lands a really good inside leg kick towards the end of the round. Yeah, it was Which, like a calf kick. Yeah, that looked really effective to me. And I, I said, if a judge goes for Romero, I could see it being because of that that kick and the little output that both guys had. I did not go that way. I went 10-9 Jacare. I also did. Um, and I wonder if that kick actually was the difference maker because two out of three judges did give this round to Romero, which stinks that this is the round that like basically decided the fight. Yeah. Pretty because much. it was, and this happens a lot. This we see so many chance, uh, so many fights where there's one round in a close fight that the really low output round decides who won. It's like, well, geez, you're asking judges to do a lot here because the fighters themselves didn't do enough. Yeah, that it, you got to give them some to score. Yeah, you really do. Um, I I went Jacare here. I did think he was more effective. I I noted the the calf kick too. I thought it was a good calf kick, but I also. Just because I remembered it more, I didn't necessarily think it was better than the punches that Jacare was landing, which you know, again, we're not talking about very many. But I saw I saw better impact okay. from Jacare. Yeah, that's good. I it, the reaction that Jacare gave from that kick was big. I thought, and it could, was, it I, was. But you know, I I think, I think he actually took it pretty well too. Well, yeah, he came, he ate it, reset, and then stared at him some more for a little bit. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> and then around the it. <laughs> <laughs> they were very good at staring in that round. Uh, yeah, so I, I believe I said this. Maybe I didn't. Uh, it was Glenn Trowbridge and Tony Weeks both gave this one to Romero. It was uh, Lester Griffin who gave it 10-9 to Jacare. So he's got it tied at 19, whereas Trowbridge actually has it 20-17 to 17 for Romero. He's totally cruising. Uh, and then, because, of course, that big round, which I think 10-8 totally justified in that round. And then Tony Weeks has it 20-18. to 18. So really, there's no way for Jacare to win at this point unless he can get a 10 or excuse me a um a finish because even if he gets a 10 8 i believe well actually he can win he can win a no he can't win actually the best he can do is a draw okay so if he gets a 10 8 right he would beat no on griffin's card it would be 29 27 for jacare 
on Trowbridge's card, it would be 28 to 27 for Romero. And on Weeks' card, it would be a draw. So we'd be talking about a split draw here. Okay. Not that anybody knows when they're fighting because, you know, we don't have open scoring. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. And maybe in one state more than just Kansas. Shout <laughs> out to Kansas. Keep doing it. Uh, round three, though. This this was the round that, of course, it didn't really swing the fight. We know that Jacare lost because he couldn't come back and win this one. But good round for him, right? Yeah, it's good. great round for Jacare. Uh, really good back and forth early. I was leaning Romero early. And then mm. Jacare lands that big flurry against the cage which just shuts Romero down, and he gets a takedown so easily off him. It's, yes, he does. I don't know if I've ever seen Romero taken down so simple, so easily like that. Well, he's an Olympic-caliber wrestler. That was... Like, yeah, and, you don't see that too often. Of course, he's, you know, he's a very old man. Yeah, and the only thing that uh, prevented me from going 10-9, for, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, from going 10-8, Jacare here, was mm-hmm. he really, he didn't go for it really in the strike, and I didn't think anything was heavily impactful from the top i agree i think you nailed exactly how i saw it okay so we both agree 10-9 jockery yeah yeah honestly it's the same reasoning too i i made the same note basically in mind that that i just i didn't think the damage output crossed Mm -hmm. into the 10-8 range in our system you know yeah but it was very close to it i think i think it was it was like it was one of those rounds it's like oh man that's a good round it's so much better than the the previous round right but you know when you're when you're only doing three and the way we've separated them that's just the way it is yeah this what can you do no i mean it, i i it wouldn't have mattered anyway because again we're talking about our system as opposed to a system that actually you know happens in the real world <laughs> they should adopt <laughs> and ours. you know everyone you know there was nobody you know no one stood out as kind of weird here this was definitely a so's around everyone knew it uh so it went 10 9 that way oh one thing i do want to point out actually before we go on one thing i didn't like mark Goddard doing warning about advancing position here did you notice that i did not notice that yeah, it was a little bit of like make sure you're you're working to advance and that kind of thing. I forget the exact quote, but while he was in top I mean, half guard, Jack Ray is you know he's being active. He's he's looking to move forward. He's well, just not getting there. And he, and then eventually he did too. I mean he was what, he was able to and he was landing offense. Was this during the time where Romero was welcoming a guard past either side control or, or mount? Because he he didn't even play. He didn't have a he didn't have it guard at all. And and Jack Ray seemed to actively stay in half guard. He he was content there. No, I don't think it was. It might have been shortly thereafter. I don't believe okay. it's in the exact moment. But I mean, nonetheless, I mean, it's not like he's not doing anything. He's landing. Well, you think Jack Ray doesn't know he can move forward if he wants to? Right. That's my that's my thinking. If he knows he can take the position, he's specifically not doing that because that's some kind of strategy he has. So I don't I don't yeah. think that should be a warning issued for that. Yeah, I I didn't I didn't think that Jack Ray was doing this as any sort of stalling tactic. The guy was definitely trying right. to work on either getting uh, either a sub or I, I believe there were times he was working on like an arm triangle, right? Yeah, you want the arm triangle. He's probably, you know, he's, I think that's probably why he didn't get a 10-8 from us because he looked to be more content, uh, concerned about attacking a sub. Yeah, probably a little bit. I think that did hurt him in the scoring in our system. Not that it would have mattered to them, but mm. um, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, yeah, I'm not trying to go crazy on Goddard. He gave one warning. It wasn't like he was like hounding them and he didn't stand yeah. them up. You know, it, it didn't cross into anything, but I just didn't like that. It annoyed me. <laughs> So uh, my final... Uh, Mark Goddard doesn't care what I think anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> He's very transparent, though. I love that he gives explanations for his stuff. On I, I, I really appreciate Mark Goddard. I think he's one of the best officials that we have, judge, whoever, in the sport. I think he's yep. a wonderful ambassador to the sport. For sure. Uh, and my final score was a draw, 28-28. No, you were... <laughs> no, I had 28-27, actually, for Romero. Okay. That's 
because of that because I had the difference we had in round one. Yep. So you gave it ten seven, which I think both feel okay. Cause yep. Yeah, 20, I, I feel okay with it too. Because you can, I, you mean no, no other round even came close to Romero's round, really. Oh yeah, I mean so that was a real hard a one round. point I, I, victory. I a one point victory, I think, is fine. Yeah. Um. And and it's funny because when you look at this fight, or let's say when I watch this fight live, right? Mm-hmm. I remember, and again, being a more of a, a Jacare fan, that obviously probably colored the way I saw this fight, but. Jacare, I thought he won those two rounds, and I thought it was just a 10 9 because, I mean, who, who the heck knew? Like, <laughs> nobody outside of judges had a clue how 10 8s were given out. Then. Yeah. Absolutely no one. It was very, uh, very obtuse. But yeah, I, I just thought it was two rounds to one in favor of Jacare. I thought he should have won the fight. Um, and I've been bitter for many years that it cost him that title shot that he still hasn't gotten because of this. <laughs> But I say I think the best score that you could give out an ABC scoring, especially under the modern scoring format, I think the best score for this fight is a 28-28 draw. Yeah, that's a good score. <laughs> I think that would represent what we saw in this fight, where we had a really big round from Romero, and then we had two rounds that I thought not clear, but well, round three was clear, but round two was you know I thought that was a pretty good round to say okay, if even in a low output round. <clears throat> I think we had better impact from Jacare. So, you know, no one should be up in arms that a round like that goes one way or the other. But I, I still feel, I feel very solidified in the fact that round two was a Jacare round. Yeah, I, I wonder if he kicks himself for, for not being more active. Or at, at, oh, least at the time he I'm, did. I don't think I, he plays the what if game. He doesn't streak, strike me as somebody like that. I think but you all, know what? You know what I'm going to say? I'm going to do something that we never do. I'm going to use the R word. Oh, boy. Robbery. Oh. And you know what's robbery about this? We never got the five-round rematch we all deserved. <laughs> we were, That's a robbery. We were, we were all robbed. We were robbed of a rematch. All right. That's None of these fair, fighters were robbed. Fair Only Jacare was robbed because he never got the rematch. But but he never he was not robbed on this particular night. The fans were robbed. I didn't like that. I, I I definitely wish we got the rematch of this fight. I always thought this would have been a good fight to, to run it back. And unfortunately, we just didn't. Just didn't pan out. Yeah. I, I know there were periods that were like low offensive output, like we talked about, but I was still engaged in the action. I never thought the fight, even in round two, was boring. No, this this was definitely not round one of Jacare Bakovic. <laughs> no, no. We chose not to go back for that one. That was not a good fight. <laughs> you watched that a little by accident, though. Yeah, by accident. Wires were crossed a bit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what, what struck me, I was like, wait, I'm, why is there five rounds? I thought we were doing two three-rounders. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hang on a minute. And then it hit you. Yep. <laughs> That's how they get you. <laughs> but and I think, you know, I think we've covered this fight now. But again, we do have a second pass judgment. Two for the price of one. Like I said, bring your coupons. <laughs> and uh, this one is against Kelvin Gastelum. Yeah. Kelvin Gastelum was really hot at the time. He was, but it, it, his record was kind of weird at the time, uh, which I'll get to in a minute. But this one, a couple years later from the Romero fight. This was the co-headliner of UFC 224 on May 12, 2018 from Gionese Arena in Rio de Janeiro. This one was actually headlined by Amanda Nunes defending the Bantamweight title against Raquel Pennington. So what we had here was Jacare going from the previous fight we talked about, one of the most widely seen pay-per-views, probably of all time in MMA, to one of the least watched pay-per-views of the last 15 years because nobody cared about Nunes Pennington. That was a bloody fight, right? If, if I recall right. I mean, it was a total beatdown. That was one of those fights where uh, in round five, everyone was complaining that Raquel Pennington's corner sent her back out. But I think I think it was a bloodbath. I don't remember, I don't the, remember the, for sure. uh, the courts of blood 
that were spilled. Uh, it didn't quite remind me of Mortal Kombat, but it, I mean, just remember being lopsided. Yeah. That... But nobody watched it. So did it really happen? <laughs> yes, of course it did, because we just watched it. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was yeah, a Jacare... bloody mess. That was a bloodbath. Okay. Yeah. I confirmed. Okay. Fair enough. But yeah, so Jacare, he's, again, in the, in the intervening time since the Romero loss, he's actually gone three and one. So his record's 25 and five. He had just KO'd Derek Brunson in a UFC on Fox headliner four months before this. But now he's 38 years old. So he's, you know, he's getting long in the tooth. Yep. Gasolum, 14 and three. Feels like he's been around forever, actually, but it was only 14 and three at this point with a no contest. That was a, a victory during this little kind of hot streak we were talking about that was taken away because of a positive marijuana test uh, where he had defeated Vitor Belfort. <laughs> They're still giving out penalties for that offense. <laughs> I don't need to get on a soapbox of that, but it's yeah. just stupid. Um, but yeah, actually, in before this fight, because this was a sort of a de facto number one contenders fight for the middleweight belt. Gastelum had just six months earlier knocked out and sent into retirement Michael Bisping in the first round a month after Bisping had lost the middleweight belt to George St. Pierre. GSP. What a legend. And as, <laughs> But as much as Gastelum feels like, again, for me anyway, he feels like he's been around forever. He was only 26 at this fight, and which is like yeah. less than two years ago. I think he was only 21 when he won Tough. Oh, was he? Was he really? That yeah. I stopped watching Tough before yeah. this. He was the last pick, too. He just I did know right that. I, I remember that about him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, good on him. Making make the most of it. He's only 29. Feels like he should be older yeah. than 30, but he's not. Good for him. <laughs> judges for this one. Uh, we're in Brazil, so we have Guillerme Bravo, one of the premier judges in Brazil. And, of course, Sal D'Amato and Chris Lee with the referee Leon Roberts. And MMA Decisions does not have individual round scores available for this one, but I, think we can I did find out which round ended up being... Uh, Oh, the one out. that was a little more uh, close oh. as far as what the judges okay. uh, said at the time. Yeah, I, did, I, I was able to learn this. I was scouring the internet for the scorecard. No, no, no. I, I, I uncovered the information. Uh, when I say uncovered, I mean it was provided to me <laughs> by, <laughs> by a judge. And uh, yeah, so I can I can kind of shed some light on which rounds were scored which way. All right. I'm, so round I'm one, what do we see? I thought this was a, a clear jockery round. Uh, Excellent Jacare round. Heck yeah. They exchanged clinch knees for a little bit. For, yeah. for a while. And then they, they weren't huge clinch knees. No, neither neither one landed big. And it, this round actually reminded me a little bit of round one of Romero. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Uh you know, there, there's kind of the cadence to it in terms of, you know, it was kind of a slower start, you know, a little bit of back and forth, nobody really taking a big advantage. No big advantage. Then Jacare really working for the takedown, gets a single leg, and Gaslam just starts bombing with head punches. I was like, Good oh. punches. I was like, oh, those are pretty. And, he, and, a, and an elbow in, in that mix, too. Mm-hmm. And Jacare says, all right, forget about trying to take you down. I'm just going to pull guard to a leg lock and sweep you, which was awesome. He moved quickly. I mean, he's right into side control. Moved to mount. Uh, landed some World strikes class. from there. He landed from some World strikes class from there. grappler here. Landed some strikes. I didn't think they were all that big. Uh, and then finished the round holding on to an arm bar. Uh, that was defended well by Gaslam for what seemed to be forever. That was a good armbar attack, though. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, that was see for me that checked off dominance because you had good grappling mm-hmm. where he's kind of moving between half guard and mount and often in mount, mm-hmm. and then not only that, but he was being offensive. He wasn't just kind of riding it out. Right. He did end up getting the arm, and, and he also sold out for the arm. Yeah, he yeah because he's on his back at that point, so he was going mm-hmm. for it. Uh, I would have liked to see it a slightly closer. 
just a little bit. As I was far on, as being I was the, on the fence, the arm bar, how close he was yeah. to finishing. You're saying, yeah, but I mean, because then I would have been able to go ten eight, no issue. My mm-hmm. issue was going uh ten nine when uh, I'm my, I'm sorry. My issue to go ten eight was because of those big punches that Gaslam was landing. Okay, so I I said I think this is probably ten eight and a half territory. Okay, so I'm gonna go ten nine. I'll tell you what, I was a lot closer to going to ten seven. Than I was to 10 I really was. And, and the reason being because I think you can check off D's. See, they only I, I think you can you can only really check off dominance. I don't think there's damage really. I think duration too. I think like you just oh, said yeah. before. I mean, he looked duration, like he was on yeah. the arm bar forever, right? Yeah, you can go duration. I just didn't I think you can check off two D's. I mean, right? You definitely could. I think you could. Yeah, so I think it's it's a very easy case to say this is not only a 10-8 in our system, but I mean, even close to it. 10-7. If, if we have two Ds, you're talking about in our scoring system, you can go to the 10-7. Right, but I, I would argue that uh, Gastelum could have potentially checked off damage. Um, potentially. I disagree. Not, 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 he wasn't to the extent where he actually would check it, but he was mm-hmm. closer to getting that D than Jacare. No, I, I disagree, actually. I, I thought I thought that was a Jacare thing. And not, I mean, the punches on the feet were good, but I, you know, he was landing from up top, too. I didn't think they were that good. I mean, they were decent. I thought it was fine. Yeah, I thought it was doing decent damage. That's okay. But but yeah, I mean, either way, I think you can still check off the two Ds. So I again, I was much closer to going ten seven than ten nine. I settled on ten eight. I'll finish in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I feel okay with that. Which of course, you know, in in our this is our system. It's a little different. If I was a judge sitting cage side, I think this is just a very clear and easy ten nine for Jacare, and that is how all three judges, uh, as I understand it, went. Yeah, I think we can. Uh... I think I, I gathered which round is going to be the problem round. You probably can't. Well, not even problem round, just uh, the this, contentious round, right? Yeah. I think you're right, but it's not this one, round two. This was a wild brawl round two. Was. This this was throw technique out the window and just slam each other in the face. I mean, Jacare's so much fun. He always brings it, man. Because <laughs> uh, he, he just, he I don't know what it is. It's not like he forgets he can do jujitsu or anything like that, but it's like, I think he just believes in his power. He does, and he, he has a lot of confidence in all of his abilities. He landed some good shots. The thing is, Gaslam ate them like nothing. Yep, and Gaslam had a big knockdown too. Yeah, he dropped them, and, and yeah, Jock Ray just didn't take the punches as well as Gaslam did. But you know what? The the thing that bothered me about Gaslam here is he just didn't follow up. Mm, I, you know, I, I you know I probably got caught in the moment to even notice that, but. I mean, maybe it was kind of like a old oh, well, Jockeray's on the ground. I don't necessarily want to follow him uh, down there, but that could be too. It, it certainly could be, and you know, as we saw against uh, in Gaslam's fight over the summer against he makes him Jack stand Manson, up. Maybe it doesn't always work out for him down there with a the submission uh, guy. And he is a submission guy himself, though. Gaslam, Gaslam? yeah. I, you know, at this point, I I think of him more for his hands. He came in, you know, he came in as a grappler, fell in love with his hands, and got better at him. He's honestly, he's a very well-rounded guy. He's got yeah. some wrestling, he's got some grappling, he's got some hands. Um. He's he's very much a mixed martial artist. I and I think you could even you don't even say he's like a jack of all trades, master of none. I think he's a jack of all trades, but he's also got very good hands. For him, I feel like it's just I don't know. It's inconsistency in his performance. That's that's what comes down to. I think it's inconsistency throughout because he had weight issues. Who knows if his training is is gets thrown off because when that happens. He... Yeah, I, I you know who knows. I don't want to speculate. I, I'm not with him, but it, you know you look at it and you just got to wonder like what's wrong with this guy. <laughs> why can't he? Why can't he maximize his obvious abilities better? Could just be a, a lower level BJ Penn. But yeah, so I went ten nine Gaslam. Uh, thought they both had good offense, good damage. 
just Jacare just didn't take the punches as well as Gaslam did. Yeah, the one thing I do want to point out though is that after that knockdown, I thought Jacare was like much more successful than Gaslam. Just yeah, from think, that yeah, point on. I think he landed a, a bit more once he got up. Probably had a little yeah. bit more sense of urgency. It just anything he hit Gaslam with, Gaslam just took it like nothing. Oh, sure. And, and, you know, I don't, I would never argue in this round that Jacare took it. But way, the way it went for me is there's that knockdown. And at that point, you have at least the potential for yeah. a 10 7 in our system. Right. And then I think it went all the way down to that 10 8, 10, excuse me, 10 9 in our system as it got much closer. Okay. That's how I, so I ended up just going 10 9 for Gasolin. I can actually almost understand if you had said, like, this is a 10 8 round for Gasolin. Yeah, I'd be fine with that too. But uh, but no, I I did go to the ten nine, and I guess you did too. Yep, ten nine Gaslam. I got it tied. And I do not. I have Jacare up by a point. Nineteen eighteen. Jacare. I do think round two was was a big enough round. Okay. As we will uh, discuss uh, at length, of course. Uh, judges here, you know, my understanding again is that all three judges had Gaslam ten nine. No drama here. Round three is the drama. And suspect as I suspected, this is a fight that, if I understand correctly. At least certain judges or some judges have watched this many times before. It's just kind of one of those fights that or one of those rounds. It's like, man, how do you call it? Really close round. And it was a fun round. Yes. Oh, super fun. If you haven't watched this fight before or haven't watched it in a while, if you have five minutes, even just watch this round. It's just such a fun. round. Yeah, it's a good round. Uh, I'll say my score before I get into the announcement. I, I ended up going for Jock Ray 10-9. Okay. Thought he landed. Well, I guess I mean if we're putting the cards on the table, yeah. you're 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 calling. Then I'm gonna say ten nine for Gastelum here. Okay, and and I mean I I couldn't even I, I don't think I could argue no way that would sway you off that. Sure. And I don't think you can argue Gastelum off uh, Jockery off me. Yeah. Uh, it was just so close, and I think we both can see each way. It thought Jockery landed better, and I thought another round of all bombs. And I oh yeah, think, everybody's throwing bomb. I think the takedown helped Jockery because I thought it it seemed to have rather good impact. While even though it didn't stay there really at all, I thought, okay. I thought it was kind of a slamish takedown. I didn't wait it nearly as much as you did, but I understand. So that's really, really where I'm at. Okay. Yeah. It, it's honestly, it's hard to break this one down. I think it's really just a better one that you just go to watch. I don't think we need to explain it because, again, it's just this is a round that I think you're basically going to watch it and you're going to say, who do you think landed harder? It's nobody mm-hmm. landed more often. The, the strike number is, is almost identical. You're talking about who landed harder. That's all you got to do is watch this it, overall, not just who landed the hardest punch, but who landed harder overall. Mm-hmm. And I do think Gasolum did edge. It just had a little bit more pop. Okay. And then I had Jacare slightly better. So, which is funny because again, I'm, I'm a big Jacare guy and I definitely thought Jacare won this fight when I watched it live. I remember <laughs> that distinctly, but watching it now, I honestly, I have, I've changed my mind. I do think this is a Gasolum round. So, my cumulative card is now a draw. Okay. And I got Jacare 29-28. I wish I did too. Like I said, <laughs> I like Jacare. But I'm not there. And and this was, in fact, the swing round. So, yeah, I, as as suspected, even, you know, while I was searching before you even told me. I, it's, I you know, it's, just... it doesn't take a, yeah. it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that this is the one that's super close. And it's like, well, yeah. if it's going to have a split decision, it's probably because of this round. Um we didn't have any surprises here. It was uh, my understanding is that Guillermo Bravo and Chris Lee gave the well, it's not my understanding, but they gave the fight to Gastelum, and it would be this round that they gave 10 9 for him. Whereas Sal D'Amato saw it for Jacare, he saw it the same way as you. I'm okay being in company with Sal. Oh, yeah, he's one of the best, like we were talking about the other day. 
So well, I flipped, obviously, and, yeah. and again, I you know I'm a little dismayed by it, but that's all right. This was a, this was. I don't think there's really anyone can't say anyone's wrong here. No, you can't say anyone's wrong, but you can definitely say Jacare lost because not only did he miss out on a victory, he missed out on the chance to fight for the title again because Gaslam next fight was supposed to be against Bobby Knuckles and then Bobby Knuckles was uh, unable to make the date for that fight. And if you remember, I don't know if you remember this, but maybe I've pointed it out on the show before, but Gaslam, when Whitaker was knocked out of that fight, when he wasn't able to fight, he's walking around with I forget whose belt he was walking around with, but he was walking around with some other champion's belt as if he was the champion, even though Whitaker, of course, his opponent was the actual champion. So he was trying to, you know, he's playing it up. Obviously, he's he's playing, you know, himself and trying to draw some heat, a little pro wrestling style heat. But I think the MMA gods did not appreciate that. And as it stands, this win against Jacare is the last time Gastelum has had his hand raised. He's lost three in a row. Wow. It's almost two years, three years. Almost two years since he won a fight. He's fighting next year early, I believe. Or is it next week? Is that right? Do you, do you remember who he's fighting? I forget who he's fighting against. I'm sure we can find out. But... Yeah, why don't we find out? We got the old internet. He's scheduled to fight Ian Heinish. Oh, that's a violent fight that Gastelum's going to win that one. I'm going to pick Heinish. I don't there. think Gastelum's ever going to win another fight. He shouldn't have presented <laughs> himself as a champion. <laughs> Well, look what it did for Connor. Look what it did for Connor McGregor. It turned him into a superstar. The biggest the sport's ever seen by pretending he was the champ. Yeah, but he did it with more charisma. Okay. (laughs) And this is as as a total non Connor McGregor fan, even then, he did have more charisma when he did it. Okay, so you would say Connor was the original and Calvin was just a biter? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. He's definitely biting off his style, and it didn't work out. Oops. But he did have an epic fight that we broke down in the past uh, against Israel Adesanya. So he did become, he came very close to being the champ, but he was not going to win that fight. He had a great round against him at one point. He did have a great, great round, but couldn't get it done. And I feel like that's the story of, of Gaslam's career. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's someone who, man, he, he kind of overachieves, but at the same time, he also underachieves. So that's a lot of fighters. He's never achieving at the level that you want him to. <laughs> it's like, he's, we want him to be in the middle, and he's always over or under. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I'm rooting against Kelvin Gastelum. You know, I, I, I hope I, I have nothing against Kelvin. Gastelum, yeah, I think he's likable. I got none. I like him. Shouldn't have walked around with the belt. <laughs> but why don't we move on to this weekend's fights? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is this is a good weekend of fights. Um, I like this card. Yeah, this is this is a good card. Good way to good pay per view way to go out. Yep, and. Honestly, you, especially someone like you, you must love that Davis and Figueredo stepped up on short notice to defend oh, his title. Uh, well, both guys did. They both won on the same card a couple They were both ago. on the same card, correct, so, yeah. I mean, Moreno's got like two hours rest on him. But Figueredo in particular is the champ. He doesn't – usually you don't see the champ do this. This is your This is your guy. This, is, this I mean, is how champs – He missed weight in the first fight of the year that was supposed to be a title fight. But I mean, more or less he fought four title fights this year. Like in a sense, you know, he fought four or five round fights in which somebody in the fight was able to win the championship belt. And he won all four of them. These are, if he wins this weekend, I should say, these are things champs are supposed to do. Uh Uh-huh. And I think, prove it. I think it's a no brainer that he's the fighter of the year, even with missed weight back in February. If he wins against Brandon Moreno, don't care how short of some sort of weird, disqualification or something like that. He's the fighter of the year. Uh, who else would you pick? This guy's finished Joseph Benavides twice. That in itself is enough. Absolutely. I, I, so, I'm i with you. But uh, 
Who do you think is going to win this fight? A Figueredo. I, I yeah. mean, I'm not trying to treat Brandon Moreto as an afterthought because he's, you know, an excellent fighter, a high level fighter. But yeah, I don't see a way that Moreno wins. Yeah, I think this is going to be another violent Figueredo win. This would rank as an upset in my mind on the level of, let's say, Frankie Edgar against BJ Penn because BJ was so considered unstoppable at that point. And while Frankie was, of course, a very good fighter, a very talented fighter, we hadn't seen him quite at the same level of competition. I mean, he fought good competition, of course, and he had just beaten Sean Shirk before he had that BJ Penn fight. Or, that was actually before. He had also a, a short notice fight which in between there. But the point being, Frankie Edgar, really good fighter that you're kind of not thinking is like the best guy in the division. And then he went out and proved he was the best guy in the division. Maybe yeah. that's the case with Moreno here, but I'm going to say probably not because most of the time it's not. I'm going to say no way, Jose. What's, what do you got to call? You got a call of uh, of round and Oh, and yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to go Davison Figueredo, round two, TKO. Dustagueta, round one, KO. All right. Flat KO. Ain't going to be no T. <laughs> Poor Brandon. Fighter of the year. Poor Brandon Easy. Marino. We should do a, an end of the year wrap up where we give out awards for things like that that no one's gonna ever hear or care about yeah i'll give i wanted to give awards out to judges we, well we should do that too yeah. i think we'll give out a bunch we'll give that some fun things you know i don't think we have to be mean-spirited uh when oh, we get no, to that yeah. point but we'll no, figure we it out only positivity not only positivity but you know we don't have to get we don't have to be spiteful okay fair enough <laughs> no spitefulness no right. no meanness all right it's the holiday we'll season we'll be nice talking about grown men <laughs> and women <laughs> They can take it. No death threats, okay? Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, we already talked about that last week. So, But as far as the judges for this one, I don't know who has been assigned to this fight or if they've uh, figured out over in Nevada. Usually they figure out who's going to fight, uh, who's going to judge the title fights in advance. Uh, they do meetings and things like this. But my understanding is, or, or at least I, my assumption, I should say, is that because this fight was put together on such short notice and they already had an event that was approved for this one is maybe they have different judges for it i have no idea i really don't know but my bet would be if i'm going to pick three names that i think are going to be assigned to this title fight sal damato Derek cleary and mike bell that's my pick oh right i like that pick yeah we'll see we'll figure see i was gonna right. fight figure i was gonna 10 7 take one. that one to vegas 10 7 round one don't don't take it to vegas <laughs> no one's gonna 10 7 10 7 not gonna one. go after round one. Oh, that's true well for your <laughs> no for my prediction yeah yeah well your prediction's wrong <laughs> anything else you want to see i mean we've got a really good card here so i'm sure there's oh, a few kind of good picks right the co-main without a doubt tony ferguson versus charles Oliveira. oh it's fantastic as you mentioned before gastelum it feels like he's he's only 29 feels like he's been around forever you can say the same thing about Oliveira. he's only 30 maybe 31 at this point i saw his debut yeah. live his ufc debut I okay say. yeah he, it was over in san diego it was the same card that john jones in the headliner, fought Vladimir Matyushenko, mm-hmm. the janitor. That was the elbows finish from like. That was the finish. elbows. Oh yeah. my goodness! Uh, it, watching it live was frightening. That, I bet. Yeah. You, you just hope that Matyushenko was okay. Do you feel? Do you think we we've been spoiled because we've got to see a lot of Jones fights live? Oh, we did. Yeah. yeah. They, they trotted him out to Jersey all the time, and, mm-hmm. and I I got to watch him, you know, cage side several right. times. It yeah. was really great. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, not as close as the judges get. And, and, of course, they're doing a job just as I was. And, you know, you can't just sit there and cheer and anything like that. No cheering on press row. You hear that, <laughs> Robbie Fox? Robbie, there's no rules, sir, for Robbie Fox. But, uh... Yeah. 
But anyway, this this back to this fight, Ferguson versus Alvaro is pretty much unorthodox versus unorthodox in all aspects of the game. I don't know where I'm gonna go with it. I'm, <laughs> I'm leaning, uh, meaning, meaning, no, meaning as far as my pick. I don't know which way I'm going. I'm like 51% leaning Oliveira. 51. 51 to 49 in favor of Oliveira. I think it's gonna be just a super fun fight. I can see, I can see both guys winning. Ten different ways, but I'm kind of nervous. Ferguson coming off such a, a a one-sided loss. I don't know how he bounces back. He's so. getting a little long in the tooth, and not, not, yeah. not necessarily in terms of age. And he's not spring chicken necessarily either. But he's got a lot of miles on him. Yeah, fight and fight fight years. Yeah, some really 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 tough fights too because he's taking on a lot of people. He has 36. He's 37 coming in February, so he's he's not young. No, but yeah, do you have a pick? Oh, for my favorite fight? No, 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 Easy. No, hang on, hang on. Relax. What? You want to, you want to back up? Back up. I want you, I, I want you to pick in the co-main. Who are you going to? Oh, you? the fans. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I'm making a pick. I got Ferguson. I think oh, Ferguson is okay. I don't, right. I'm not writing him off yet. Okay. I'm not writing him I, off either. I just, I'm just, I'm just concerned how he bounces back. You're writing uh, him off. I'm going to tell him. You know, he blocked me on Twitter once. He blocked a lot of people on Twitter, but I, I don't know what I did to him, but he unblocked me at some point. Well, that's nice of him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He, I don't think I ever mentioned his name other than to say, oh, uh, maybe he won the round or something. <laughs> he probably just blocked all MMA J. I think he was one of those people that just blocked a billion people once. And then probably at some point, someone took over his social media and was like, all right, unblock all these people. All right, Scott, let's get, give me your fight. Let me know all about Tisha Torres versus Sam Hughes. Tisha Torres, Sam Hughes. Uh, honestly, Sam Hughes is going to be pretty good. No, that's not my pick. Unfortunately, <laughs> you know, no, no offense to these ladies. That I'm sure they're going to put on a pretty solid fight. Kevin Holland against Jacare. We've been talking about Jacare all day, right? Yeah, no shock there. Easy, easy pick. I, I cannot wait for this fight. Not only because it's a Jacare fight in general, but it's Jacare against Kevin Holland. And I mean, Kevin Holland's someone that you just you love to watch fight too every time. Yeah. So you put them two together. I mean, it's not gonna, it's not gonna fail, right? This, this can't let me down. I don't think it's going to let you down, and it, it probably won't let you down in terms of... I think Jack Ray might win this one by sub, too. I don't know, man. Uh, I think if he wins, I think it probably would be a sub situation, but I think Holland's actually going to win. I think, I mean, I'm think i going to pick Holland by uh, by first-round TKO. Wow. I think it's just going to be kind of a war. I think he's going to hurt him, and I think he's going to finish up. Well, that's my thing. I think Jack Ray can take the punches and probably get on the ground and sub him. That's what my dude just turned is. 41 and he's taken a few knockouts lately. So I'm, I'm less confident. All right. You know, I, Hey, I hope I'm wrong. I'm I, going I do, late. I'm but... going, I'm going to go with a uh, late round sub though. Three third round okay. sub after a war, like you mentioned. All right. So you and I were very much different picks almost in every single way. You got different method, different round and different guy. Yeah. That's what we got. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least part of uh, our picks is going to be right. I think we totally, yeah, we're going to be... One of us is going to be all right or all wrong or get a little both. Yeah. yeah. I mean, real quick, I'm also excited to see Mackenzie Dern because I just want to see some uh, some more jujitsu. But other than that... Yeah, and wrong. you know what? Shout out to to uh, Junior Dos Santos, who I just I just enjoy him as a human. Yeah, what a nice guy. I feel like he's going to get knocked the heck out, but <laughs> but I really like him, and I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> guy, he just, his chin's so gone. I feel bad. All right, that's going to do it for this Jacare episode of the Couchside Judges. We'll be back again on Monday to break down the fights from UFC 256. Hopefully no drama. You know, we've had a little too much drama in the judging lately, and, and I want everyone on Twitter to hopefully lay off of certain judges who've been taking a little bit too much heat, you know, yeah. deserved or not. You know, let, let's, let's cool it off. Let's, yeah. Let's, let's, let's just enjoy these fights. We're going to have some good fights. It's a holiday season. Be nice. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give, give someone a gift that you love. Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody. Thank you.